What up, son? It's the tail of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. All right, tail of the tapes. Season two, episode forty-four. Which I guess is kind of ironic when we think of who we're covering today, that this is episode 44, but I'll get into that in a second. Happy Valentine's Day week for all the lovers in the house. (laughs) So on today's episode, we have Jay-Z and Proof. So that's why I said it was kind of odd that it's episode 44. Jay-Z has a song, 444s. He has the 4040 Club. He has an album called 444. So, a little weird there. Some of these fucking odd things that happen on this podcast really do blow my mind. But, I'm sure Jay-Z really needs no introduction, whether you like the guy or not. And, he's often referred to as the greatest rapper of all time. But, allow me to speak on my personal opinions of Jay-Z here. I had or listened to pretty much Every Jay-Z album, except for his last two going into this study, and his debut solo album, Reasonable Doubt, is to this day my favorite hip-hop album of all time. So that's obviously significant. From 1996 till about 2005 or so, Jay-Z was without a doubt one of my favorite rappers, not only because I enjoyed his music, but because he was so, so consistent. He didn't release too much music at once, but never left you in a drought and never disappointed me personally with an album ever going into this study. Um, Prior to starting this study, I always had Jay-Z in my top five, if not top ten for sure. And I assumed he'd probably finish inside the top five or so here as well. Then, after I got a little deeper into this study, I started to second guess Jay-Z's talent level as well as my own judgment of him, and I made a bold prediction that Jay would finish outside of the top 10 overall, to which 99% of my friends told me I was being absolutely absurd. Um, More recently, like the last 5 or 10 years, something has really irked me about Jay-Z. I don't know what it is, he didn't do or say anything, and I still enjoy his music. So I have nothing to place blame on or point a finger at. But it's just this gut feeling I have inside when I listen to like Jay-Z interviews and things like that. There's just something that strikes me with some sort of negative feeling that I can't quite put my finger on. But I do know that I've had an absolutely incredible intuition for a long while now. And my vibes about people are usually spot on even if I can't figure out why I'm getting that vibe from them. So that's not to say that I can't be wrong about Jay, but something just irks me more recently. I don't want to give away where Jay finishes, but we'll have to see if my initial prediction of top five or second prediction of outside the top ten holds true. Speaking on Proof, who was a member of Eminem's group D12, I also have a decent amount to say. First of all, let me start by saying that I was not aware of how much material both Proof individually and D12 as a group had. That's not to say it was necessarily a lot, but just more than I expected, as I always looked at Proof as more of Eminem's hype man. And I definitely do have to address something before we go forward. 
My man Dirty, who is for sure my music partner in crime, was always shoving proof and even D12 for that matter down my throat. Eminem is one of my personal favorite rappers of all time, but I was never really sold on anyone else in D12. But Dirty would always be like, bro, I'm telling you, this proof song, this proof album, yada yada, whatever. And it wasn't that I disliked proof. But it kind of just went in one ear and out the other with me, and I probably never really gave him as much of a chance as maybe I should have, especially considering how much I respect my boy's opinion on most rappers and hip-hop music in general. So, I don't want to give too much away about proof, but I do feel the need to point out when people keep telling me to listen to someone and I'm not having it so we can see who was right about it. So, both of these artists had their debut albums out in 1996, but Jay-Z's was out first, so we'll start with him. Born Sean Corey Carter, December 4th, 1969, in New York City, United States. Other names, the Carter Administration, Jigga, Hova, El Presidente, and Hove. His years active are listed as 1986 to present, and his genres are listed as hip-hop. So now let's read up on some background information on Jay-Z. Sean Corey Carter, born December 4th, 1969, known professionally as Jay-Z, is an American rapper, songwriter, record executive, entrepreneur, and media proprietor. He is widely regarded as one of the most influential hip-hop artists in history and is also well-known for being former CEO of Def Jam Recordings, cultivating major industry artists such as Kanye West, Rihanna, and J. Cole. Born and raised in New York City, Jay-Z first began his musical career in the late 1980s. He co-founded the record label Rockefeller Records in 1995 and released his debut studio album Reasonable Doubt in 1996. The album was released to widespread critical success and solidified his standing in the music industry. He went on to release 12 additional albums, including the acclaimed albums The Blueprint in 2001, The Black Album in 2003, American Gangster in 2007, and 444 in 2017. He also released the full-length collaborative albums Watch the Throne in 2011 with Kanye West and Everything is Love in 2018 with his wife Beyonce, respectively. A billionaire, Jay-Z has attained significant success and media attention for his career as a businessman. In 1999, he founded the clothing retailer Rockaware, and in 2003, he founded the luxury sports bar chain 4040 Club. Both businesses have grown to become multi-million dollar corporations and allowed him to start up the entertainment company Rock Nation in 2008. In 2015, he acquired the tech company Aspiro and took charge of their media streaming service title. In 2020, he launched Monogram, a line of cannabis products. One of the world's best-selling music artists with over 125 million records sold, Jay-Z has won 23 Grammy Awards, the most by a rapper, and holds the record for the most number one albums by a solo artist on the Billboard 200 with 14. Ranked by Billboard and Rolling Stone as one of the 100 greatest artists of all time, Jay-Z was the first rapper honored in the Songwriters Hall of Fame and the first solo living rapper inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So obviously a lot there for Jay-Z, and to be fair, there probably really could have even been a lot more. 
But we will get into more of that when we read my breakdown of Jay-Z. But obviously major long-term successes there for Jay-Z. His own record label, many successful albums and singles, one of the best-selling music artists of all time. And I want to be clear about that. That is music artist, not just hip-hop artists. So one of the greatest-selling music artists of all time with over 125 million records sold, the most Grammy Awards by a rapper with 23, holds the record for most number one albums by a solo artist with 14, the first rapper in the Songwriters Hall of Fame, as well as the first solo living rapper inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, highly touted by many credible sources, and then on top of that, his successes in other areas like owning his own record label, owning his own clothing line, the 4040 Club, Title, his own cannabis line, as well as the Rock Nation Entertainment Company, who... Quick side note, my boy, the young god, Junior Union, also from Brooklyn, is signed to as an undefeated professional boxer. So, no shortage of fame or success there for Jay-Z, whether it came to music or not. So, let's get into my breakdown of Jay-Z and see if we can add to this already impressive list of accolades and accomplishments. There is so much to be said about Jay-Z that allow me to start by saying bear with me before we even get into all of it. First of all, I want to start by saying that I've always been a big fan of Jay's music since day one. Not only did I have reasonable doubt, but it is to this day my favorite hip-hop album of all time. I always had Jay in my top 5 or 10 at least and was confident on that. That being said, those were all just personal preferences and opinions. I had never actually sat down and tried to analyze how technically good Jay-Z was. I just knew I liked his music. As I started getting deeper into this study and breaking down guys like Pharaoh Monch, Nas, Black Thought, Method Man, AZ, I thought to myself, man, I'm not sure Jay's going to finish as high as I originally thought. And then it started. Super early on, before any major solo successes, Jay definitely had some lackluster verses. That's not to say they were bad, just not up to par with what I expected. From reasonable doubt on, Jay became one of the most consistent lyricists from not only album to album or song to song, but from verse to verse and bar to bar. Jay was a good storyteller with some cool wordplay, and although he did take shortcuts a lot, it was heavily outweighed by dope lines and other technicalities like syllables or rhyme patterns. Jigga was also very good at keeping a topic and using different rhyme schemes, but he did contradict himself a lot on the topic of weed. Overall, none of his shortcomings were enough to drag him down, and he certainly finished as a great lyricist. Over his already 25-year career, Hover released 17 qualifying albums. Two collaborations with R. Kelly, one with Kanye West, one with Beyonce, and 13 solo albums. This is where things start to get really out of control. Jay started his career with six classic albums in a row. In total, he tallied nine, with another being a borderline classic, and the other seven being great albums. That means this man's worst albums were great. Not only is that remarkable, but nine classics is the highest of any artist so far, and is actually 33% of the total number of all classics given out in this study so far. He also had the most classics to start a career, 
and the most classics in a row on top of having the highest total. Of his 269 qualified songs, 67 of them were great, with another 148 being good and not a single one being weak. These numbers mean that just about 80% of his songs were good or better, and he had way more great songs than he even had average ones. He also holds the record in this study so far for going the longest without registering anything under a good song. It wasn't until his fourth album and 50th song that he finally was given an average score on a song. I spoke earlier on his lyrical consistency and these numbers do nothing but add to that already impressive characteristic. At this current moment in time, Jay's impact on the hip-hop game as a whole is second to none. He is a household name whether you listen to hip-hop or not. He has had probably one of the most commercially successful careers in hip-hop history. He was the first rapper to do a crossover album with the hottest R&B singer at the time. And he was also declared the first billionaire in hip-hop history on top of being one of the best-selling music artists of all time. All this on top of influencing artists such as Fabulous, Tame One, Busta Rhymes, M.O.P., Prodigy, Scarface, Master P, LL Cool J, J Forms, Sean Price, AZ, Snoop Dogg, Pharaoh Manch, Method Man, Agala, Remy Ma, Bushwick Bill, Sig, Juvenile, Warren G, Fat Joe, Raekwon, Biggie, Eric Sermon, Yosh, E-40, Nas, Buckshot, Big L, Jizza, Cool G Rap, Master Ace, and believe it or not, many others. One area I was sure was going to drag Jigaman way down was originality. Surely the amount of material and lines he took specifically from Biggie, Nas, Tupac, and Slick Rick was going to be enough to keep Jay below average in this department. On top of that, his image and content seemed to be mostly that of your typical New York rapper. While all of this is partially true, it's skewed a bit. Upon closer review, yes, Jay did sample a lot and borrow a tremendous amount of lines, but compared to the amount of material he put out, it was not nearly as bad as it seemed at first glance. On top of that, his rhyme style and delivery were relatively original, especially early on. But what really saved Jay in this department was the fact that he did have a lot of hip-hop firsts and a good amount of very original song topics like Meet the Parents, 22 Twos, Coming of Age, and others. So, a lengthy breakdown there for Jay-Z and obviously a bunch of what sounds like great stuff there. So let's get into the numbers here and see how the math adds up for Jay-Z. Lyrics he gets an 8. Like I spoke about, Jay was very, very consistent, man. And there's really really only one negative thing that I have to say about Jay-Z lyrically. Jay-Z did take a lot of shortcuts, and I know we've discussed this many times before, especially in the in the first season of the 80s session and stuff like that. What I mean by shortcuts is, you know, if I'm sitting here and I say, I'm sitting here at a desk and I'm recording a podcast, and then I want to think of something, obviously bar two is supposed to rhyme with bar one, and I would have to think of something to rhyme with podcast. Now, if I wanted to make things a little bit easier on myself, instead of rhyming with podcast, I could just rhyme with cast and just rhyme the one syllable. But the point I'm trying to make is that podcast is not really something that 
is a very easy rhyme that sticks out at you off the top of your head where it's like desk, okay, rest, best, whatever. You could just go and, you know, nest and just name random shit one after the other. Podcast, if you're trying to rhyme both syllables, is not really an easy thing that just incites other rhymes to pop up in your head right away. So, if I was trying to freestyle and I wanted to not mess up and I got to a point where, shit, I'm in the middle of my second bar now and I can't think of anything to rhyme with podcast, I can just say, I'm sitting at this desk and I'm recording a podcast and if I can't think of nothing, I could just say something. Right, so instead of rhyming with podcast, instead of bar two rhyming with bar one, well, I couldn't think of anything to rhyme with podcast. That was too difficult. So I just rhymed, you know, nothing and something. They were in the second bar. That's a shortcut. That's an example of a shortcut where instead of your bars rhyming, you just rhyme your last two words at the end of your last bar or at the end of that bar sequence instead of rhyming with the bars that came before it. I write music, I do poetry, I've studied this stuff for years and years and years. I promise you, it is much easier for you to just rhyme a random word in the last sentence you're saying as opposed to finding a way to make your sentences and maybe some of the words in between rhyme. So, the reason I say that is that that was the only negative that I have to say about Jay-Z lyrically. He did take a lot of shortcuts, and quite honestly, that's why Jay-Z is at an 8. Because if it weren't for the shortcuts, Jay-Z would probably be closer to a 9. Which, if you listen to most episodes, you know that there is a big gap between 8 and 9. Yes, it's only one point, I understand that, and it doesn't seem like a lot. And when we're talking about point scores, no, it's not a lot. It's only one point, I get that. But when we're talking about how you get there, there's a big amount of space between an 8 and a 9. Or between a 6 and a 7, or a 7 and an 8, or whatever. Um, I explained that process of how I do that a couple of weeks ago. I'm not going to go over that whole thing again, but a lot of really impressive stuff from Jay-Z, man. Um, he was good with syllables rhymed, good with using different rhyme schemes, good with keeping a topic, really good with telling stories. He had a good amount of, of really dope lines. So Jay-Z showed good versatility and ability to do pretty much everything that you could when it came to being a good lyricist. There really wasn't anything that Jay couldn't do. He did do it all, and he did it all very, very well. He was just pulled back down to an 8 by all the shortcuts he took. But very, very, very impressive stuff from Jay-Z lyrically, and that's obviously a great score of 8. Albums, he gets a 6.89 with 9 classics. So there's a lot astonishing about this. We spoke about on Big L's episode how... If all of your albums were classics, and let's just, you know, call it 2.1, which is the lowest you can get for a classic score, a classic album is anything between a 2.1 and a 3.0, which is very, very, very rare. But let's just take the math here, make it simple. Let's say 2.1, whether you have one album and it was a classic, or you have 10 albums and they were all 2.1s, you times that by 3.3 to get your album score, and that comes out to a total of 6.93. Okay, so I want to point out here that we're talking about a man that had 17 albums and 269 songs. Through all of that material, this man still almost managed to get an overall score of a classic album. So he gets a 6.89, 6.93 would have been all classics. So astonishing stuff there from Jay-Z. Not only was he able to score six classics in a row to start his career, 
but he picks up another three later on for a total of nine, which is absolutely fucking mind-boggling. That's more than half of his albums were classics, and he has a big number of albums. That's not to say, all right, he had three albums and two of them were classics, which would be insane. That would be amazing in itself. We're talking about a guy here with 17 albums that was still able to score classics on over 50% of that, so nine classic albums, almost gets a total album score of a classic album score, so insane stuff there from Jay-Z when it comes to the album scores and the number of classic albums. Songs, he gets a plus 2.5. Again, amazing stuff. We talk all the time about how if you're plus or minus over a full point, that's obviously significant there. Jay-Z plus two and a half points, almost at a full three points there. And there have been one or two artists that have gotten a better song score than that. But again, let's talk about some things here. Jay-Z, 269 qualified songs. So we're not talking about somebody like Biggie or Big L with 30 or 40 songs here. And I'm not trying to knock Biggie or Big L. I'm just trying to point out that Yes, those scores are amazing, but it becomes even more impressive when you're able to keep that pace through a 17-album, 269-song career. Also, I spoke about earlier when I was reading my breakdown on Jay-Z that Jay-Z went the longest without registering anything under a good song. Okay, Jay-Z went to his fourth album and his 50th song before I even registered any of those songs as average. So insane stuff there when it comes to that album and song score for Jay-Z. Impact, he gets a nine and a half. Listen, I don't, I don't really need to say much about this, I'm pretty sure. We already have gone over everything that Jay-Z has accomplished with being one of the best-selling music artists of all time, first billionaire in hip-hop history, an absolutely insanely long list of incredible names there of artists he influenced. Um, 125 million records sold, 23 Grammy Awards, which is the most by any rapper, um, holds the record for most number one albums by any solo artist with 14... Um, just so many, so many things. Uh, the first rapper in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. The first solo living rapper inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This just goes on and on and on and on. And quite frankly, Jay-Z did so much in this category that I, I really feel like I want to give Jay-Z a 10, but I can't. Because again, I want to leave this open for somebody to do more, Okay. What if somebody comes along and they have 15 classic albums? What if somebody comes along and they sell 250 million records? What if somebody comes along and they have 18 number one albums instead of 14? Okay, so what Jay-Z did right now is untouched. Nobody has done all of these things that Jay-Z has done. And we've seen some artists come along with some really, really impressive stats presented, but nobody did this much. That being said, that doesn't mean that nobody can do any more going forward. Will they? I very highly doubt it. I very highly doubt that you're going to get an artist that is going to break all of these things that Jay-Z done. You might have somebody that gets more number one albums than him. Very unlikely, but it may happen. But that person that gets more number one albums than him may not have all the other accolades that he had. So... 
I really think it's a stretch to say that anybody will accomplish more in total than Jay-Z has, but it's not impossible to do it. And we don't know what the hell is going to happen 100 years, 500 years from now. Again, not to be ridiculous. We just don't know what's going to happen. So I don't want to give Jay-Z a 10 because if somebody does come along and they do do better, then how are we going to score them for doing better if somebody already got a perfect score? But that 9.5, obviously an absolutely tremendous score. And not for nothing, but when you hear a number like 9.5, you kind of probably want to be convinced and explain how or why somebody got that high of a score. I really don't need to explain or convince anybody of anything. That nine and a half is absolutely well-deserved from Jay-Z for sure. Originality, he gets a six. And I want to talk about this one for a second because this was one of the reasons. It's not the only reason, but this was one of the reasons that I started to really doubt where Jay-Z was going to finish when it came to this study. So... When I got through some absolutely incredible lyricists, and it's not just the fact that they were incredible lyricists, what really killed me was that I had listened to most of those people that I brought up, Pharaoh Monch, Nas, Black Thought, Method Man, AZ. I had heard a decent amount of material from enough of those people that I expected to know how dope some of those guys were, right? Like maybe, okay, well, this guy is lyrically better than Jay-Z, but look at all Jay-Z has accomplished. So look at this, so look at that, right? That wasn't really my mind frame going in. I really did think that Jay-Z was one of the best lyricists, and that's not to say that he's not, but there were definitely some people that were clearly better than Jay-Z, and I had not had those people as clearly better than Jay-Z going in. So I started to think, man, If there's these people out here that are this much better than Jay-Z lyrically, and they're not taking all these lines from all these other people, and they're getting decent originality scores, I don't know, man. I I just don't know. How is Jay-Z going to finish so high with a below average score in any department? We've spoke about this before. It would be really, really, really hard for you to finish really high with a below average score in any of these departments. And I was just like, man, I mean, he had to have taken 15 or 20 lines from just Biggie alone, right? So I'm thinking like, bro, just solely based off the amount of lines that this guy has taken, he's got to be below average when it comes to originality. He's got to be. I was wrong. I was wrong on that. Honestly, Jay-Z was not below average when it came to originality. He got a six for originality and let's talk about it, right? So... Yes, Jay-Z did take a lot of lines. He took a a massive amount of lines from Biggie, but he also took a lot of lines from, surprisingly enough, Nas and Tupac, who he didn't get along with either of those people, and Slick Rick, who, in all fairness, Slick Rick is probably, along with Biggie, the most sampled artist in hip-hop history. So he takes a lot from Biggie and Slick Rick, who everybody takes a lot from, but... He took a lot more from Biggie than anybody else did. And he also, again, like I said, surprisingly enough, took a decent amount of material from Nas and Tupac who he didn't get along with. So it kind of just seemed like, man, Jay-Z will just fucking take lines from anybody. And again, I'm not trying to downplay how many lines he took because he really did repeat an absolutely tremendous amount of lines. But again... Jay-Z had 17 albums and 269 qualified songs. 
Now, I'm going to bring something up here, and this isn't to pin Jay-Z against Biggie or any other particular rapper for that matter, but I'm going to give you an example of some math here to kind of explain what I mean. So, Biggie had a total of 41 songs, and Jay-Z has a total of 269 songs, okay? So, 41 is about 15% of 269, right? So Biggie had about 15% of the material that Jay-Z had. Now, throughout the course of those 41 songs, Biggie had taken lines from 17 other rappers, okay? So that's almost a line every other song, okay? 17, 34, 17 doubled is 34, and Biggie only had 41 songs. So on average, almost every other song Biggie took something from somebody. So now, let's apply the same math to Jay-Z. He has 269 songs. So if Jay-Z takes a line from somebody every other song on average, he's going to have taken lines from 130 people, which is probably just about the amount of lines that he repeated. It sounds ridiculous when you say Jay-Z took 130 lines from a whole bunch of other rappers? Yeah, he did, but he had 269 songs. It's the same ratio as Biggie. Now, I'm not saying that mathematically, percentage-wise, that their ratios are exactly the same, but they're right in the same ballpark. So I just want to point out that if you're going to give Jay-Z shit for the amount of lines that he took from anybody, then you got to give Biggie shit for the amount of lines that he took from people too. And Biggie's was particularly Big Daddy Kane. That was who Biggie got most of his lines from. Jay-Z got most of his lines from Biggie. So, again, I just want to point out that, yes, he did take an absolutely tremendous amount of lines, but compared to the amount of material that he had, it wasn't really all that much more than some other artists who we don't give the same amount of shit to for taking lines from other people that we give to Jay-Z. Now, that being said, there are other things that have to be addressed as well. So you have him taking that many lines from people, which probably could, by itself, drive him to maybe below average when it comes to originality. You couple that in with the fact that, for the most part, his image and his content seem to be, at least his image, seemed to be mostly that of your typical New York rapper. Now, when it came to his image, I'll for the most part stick with that. His image was pretty typical for that of your New York rapper. Now, as he got older, he started to deviate from that a little bit, but that to me just came with maturity and Jay-Z just wanting to present a different version of himself to say, I'm not that street Brooklyn dude anymore. I'm a businessman now. And he started to dress different. But again, I mean, do you really want somebody that's 45, 50 years old dressed in the same way they did when they were 20? Probably not. You would say that that person had no growth in general, unless obviously they did mentally and they just dressed the same way. But you can understand the point I'm trying to make that Jay-Z had a lot of success. So when Jay-Z is trying to sell his brand and his image, the first impression that people get when they look at him goes a long way. So he tried to give a different first impression because he wanted some different results. He was going down some different roads, some different outlets that he was trying to pursue, and he did so successfully. So his content, on the other hand, yes, he had plenty of content, 
that was typical New York content, but he also had plenty of content that was not typical in any way to not only any region, but any person. Jay-Z had a lot of songs that were really, really super unique and original. I spoke about them in my breakdown, Meet the Parents, which is a crazy, crazy story about a kid that doesn't know his dad and winds up growing up to kill his dad, not even knowing that it's his dad. Finds out after he killed him that it was his dad. Um, 22 twos, which is an absurd concept of Jay-Z saying the word two 22 times in all different ways. Um, Coming of Age, which is a song with Memphis Bleak, where they, they rap back and forth about being business partners, selling crack and things like that. So Jay-Z had many, many, many very unique and original song ideas. And that has to be taken into consideration. And he also did have a, a good amount of hip-hop first. With, like I said, you know, one of the first to do a, a crossover album with the hottest R&B singer at the time. And, you know, the, the first billionaire in hip-hop history. So... There were a lot of things that Jay-Z did that nobody prior to him did, coupled with the fact that he had a lot of really unique original song ideas and stuff like that. Those things were able to carry him back above average for originality. Now, again, he still was dragged down. If you had somebody that had all these original song ideas and they dressed more original than Jay-Z and they didn't take all those lines from all those other people and things like that, yeah, sure, they probably would have gotten an 8.5 or a 9. So the fact that Jay-Z did take a lot of lines from people and his image was mostly typical, yeah, that pulled him down a bunch of points for sure. So that dragged him down to a 6. Or you could look at it the other way where he was below average and then his unique original song ideas and, you know, all his hip-hop first and things like that. And, um, you know, again, I, I spoke about this earlier, he did have an original delivery and rhyme style and stuff like that, especially early on. So you got to take all those things into consideration. And I thought that Jay-Z still finished above average with an originality score of six there. Now you add all those six numbers up because it's not five. You also have to add in that nine for the classic albums, which listen, you're adding an extra point for a classic album. It's significant because it's a full point, but it's only added on to that total score. And then you have to divide by five for your final rating. So that point gets broken down into a point two, really, because you're dividing it by five, right? But here with somebody like Jay-Z or somebody like AZ who had six classic albums, that's not getting broken down. That's still going to be almost a full two points here in almost every category because you're dividing that nine by five and that almost comes out to a full two. So that nine classic albums is going to wind up being significant for sure. So you add those six numbers up and you divide by five and that gives you a final rating of 8.38, which puts Jay-Z in drum roll, please. Second place of 184 artists done overall. First of all, let me just start by addressing that my assumption of Jay-Z finishing outside of the top 10 looks as if it's going to be very wrong. And this is a bit bittersweet for me because Jay was always one of my favorite rappers and now not so much. And even before this study, 
This was more so the finish I was expecting, but then I changed my mind after getting deeper into this study. So on one hand, I was right, and on one hand, I was dead wrong. But I really can't say enough about Jay-Z and what he did and the level of skill that this man has stayed at for over 25 years now. It's crazy because that's the longest breakdown we've ever had on an artist to date, and I still feel like I have so much to say here. Every single thing that Jay-Z did was astonishing, from most of his category scores to his whopping nine classic albums and countless intangible things that he accomplished that all added up to this extremely impressive finish. This should surely leave Jay-Z inside of our top three to five when this is all said and done, and I'm going to go out on a limb here right now and say that no one will top Jay-Z, and he will stay comfortably in second place when this is all said and done, so... Again, I've changed my opinion on Jay-Z. This is the third time now, so we'll have to wait and see if that prediction holds true, but that's what I'm going to stick to now. I don't think anybody's going to top Jay-Z, but man, do we got to give a shout-out to Jay-Z here. I'm almost at a loss for words. Tremendous stuff here today across the board for sure. So in case we got caught up in all the hype, let me remind you that Jay-Z has just finished inside of our top 10 which means that we get a song breakdown from Jay-Z here today. And I'm super excited about this one because I feel like a lot of what Jay does goes unnoticed or underappreciated by people that don't really like him like that. And, you know, I'm giving Jay-Z some high praise here. And I know there are some people out there that fucking hate Jay-Z. And they're like, ah, fuck Jay-Z. There's nothing tremendous about what this guy does. But Jay was not just popular and successful. He was very good, and I'm sure we're hopefully going to get a good showing of that here today. So, let's go to Jay-Z's list. Let's hit random. And this is Jay-Z a week ago featuring Too Short on his third studio album, Volume 2, In My Lifetime from 1998. And for the record, this is one of my favorite hip-hop songs of all time. Uh-huh. Hustle in the hood for all to see Problems, I called on him, he called on me We wasn't quite partners, I hit him off my beat Let him unlock doors, off my keys Yeah, we spoke, much more than cordially Man, he broke bread with me My business spread swiftly The feds came to get me, we both fled quickly Okay, so let me pause it there for a second And before I even get into breaking down any of Jay-Z's lyrics Or anything that he's talking about Let me first address something going forward that the song is called A Week Ago, and this is a song basically about somebody that he used to sell drugs with that got caught and snitched on him. Now, I don't know how true this song is. I don't know if it's a true story that Jay-Z maybe, you know, is uh, elaborating a little bit or changing some of the details to kind of, you know, make it stay a little bit anonymous, but kind of based off a true story. Um, or if it's an entirely true story and there's nothing fabricated in here, or it could just be a song, it could just be something that Jay-Z made up. It could be something that one of Jay-Z's friends experienced, and he's basically rapping as if he's one of his friends. I, I don't really know, I can't speak on that, but I do know that it is a story song, it is a topical song, so... 
again, I said this is one of my favorite hip hop songs of all time. I'm I'm 99% sure that Jay Z keeps this topic the entire song, but this is an original song idea, and we'll have to see if he can keep the topic the entire song going forward. But right off the bat, those two things would score him for an extra point right off the board. So. If he's able to do that, which I think he is, this song would be a one and a half right off the bat, not counting anything that he did lyrically going forward. So with that being said, let's keep that in mind as we break down Jay-Z's lyrics and let's see what he's doing here. He says, growing up in the hood, just my dog and me. We used to hustle in the hood for all to see. So pretty simple bars there, basic stuff, but he doesn't just rhyme C and me. He has dog and me all to see. So Three syllables there on each rhyme for a total of six, which is nothing that's going to raise the song score here or anything like that. But I just want to point out that Jay-Z not really trying to do anything special here. He's just painting out the setting here and just setting up what he's going to get into. Growing up in the hood, it was just my dog and me. We used to hustle in the hood for all to see. But instead of just being simple and just rhyming C and me, he does do the six syllables rhyme. So... Again, nothing to raise the song score, but above average stuff there from Jay-Z. Problems, I called on him, he called on me. We wasn't quite partners, I hit him off my pee. So again, just talking about they were close, we had problems, I called on him, he called on me. And then he gets into a little kind of side note that he kind of just throws in here where I'm going to just let you know, like we weren't quite partners, okay? I was buying the shit and I would front him some of my shit. So, yeah, partners in quotation marks. We were working together, but not really partners. Then he goes in to say, I let him unlock doors off my keys, which comes off of the line that he spoke about before. We wasn't quite partners. I hit him off my pee. So when we're talking about cocaine or crack or whatever like that, a lot of times, you know, things are measured in kilos, ounces, stuff like that. So when they say keys, they're talking about kilos and... He kind of has a spin on it here where he says, I let him unlock doors off my keys, which is a dope line. Obviously, he's talking about keys of cocaine, but when you're talking about open doors for somebody, you're basically saying you gave them opportunities. So a dope play on words there, let him unlock doors off my keys. Yeah, we spoke much more than cordially. So again, Jay-Z keeping the topic here, painting the picture, just saying, you know, growing up in the hood, it was just me and my dog. We used to hustle. You know, we were very close. We weren't quite partners. I, you know, I kind of gave him some opportunities off my things, but very close. I called on him. He called on me. We spoke much more than cordially. So then he goes on to say, speaking about how they were really close, he goes on to say, man, he broke bread with me. My business spread swiftly and the feds came to get me. We both fled quickly. So we got bread with me, spread swiftly, came to get me, fled quickly. So 10 syllables rhyme there on the two bars, which he has done some things to raise the song score here. Not a lot, but keep in mind, he still is talking about the same topic. So he's pushing, if he can keep this topic, the whole song, he's already pushing this being a good song. So let's see where he goes from here. I just want you guys to keep the picture that he's painting in your mind here. So... We got Jay-Z growing up in the hood with his boy. They're selling drugs. Jay-Z's kind of giving him off of his shit. Now their business is starting to take off and the feds are coming after them and they're running. Wasn't quick enough to jump over the hedges with me. Got caught and that's when our relationship strained. Used to call me from the joint till we ran out of change. 
And when he called collect and I heard his name, I quickly accepted. But when I reached the phone, he's talking reckless. I could sense the seat in his tone. So then he says, talking about, you know, his business spreading swiftly. The feds came to get me both leg quickly. Then he goes into, wasn't quick enough to jump over the hedges with me, got caught. And that's when our relationship strayed. So this is a, an example here of where Jay-Z is going to switch the rhyme pattern. So really, fled quickly, hedges with me, and then the next bar should rhyme with hedges with me, but he doesn't. He says, got caught, and that's when our relationship strayed, which rhymes with nothing. And then he goes, and the next two bars are going to rhyme with strayed, because obviously, since strayed was supposed to rhyme with the bar before it, and it didn't, we're going to need two bars that rhyme after this. So instead of Jay-Z just not rhyming anything with straight at all, he goes in his next two bars and says, used to call me from the joint till he ran out of change. And when he called collect and I heard his name, which leads into another bar. So that's a run on bar. So two things that Jay-Z did do there that he did lose credit for. So this song is right back to the score that it started at from the beginning. But like I said, he still is keeping the topic and telling a story here. So he says, I quickly accepted, but when I reach the phone, he's talking reckless. I can sense deceit in his tone. So now here we have, I quickly accepted, A, but when I reach the phone, B, he's talking reckless, A, I can sense deceit in his tone, B. So we have an A, B, A, B rhyme pattern there. And we also have eight syllables rhymed on the two bars. So this again raises Jay right back to where he was before. So good stuff there from Jay-Z. And I wanted to just pause that there because I didn't want anybody to let that rhyme scheme and the no rhyming and the, the three rhymes with the, the one bar that didn't rhyme. And it was just a lot there that both added and took away to the song score. So I just wanted to pause that there and get into that. And then we'll let the verse finish out from here and see what goes on on this phone call. What, nine weeks in your home? You said, main man, you think shit's sweet cause you're home. I just sat, spat, no more speech in the phone. The crackers up there bleaching your dome, you're reaching. I said, the world don't stop, I got to keep, keep on. From there, I sensed the beef was on. I ran to the spy store to add some more features on my phone. To see if I had bugs and leeches on my phone. Can't be too safe cause niggas is two-faced. And they show the other side when they catch a new case, it's, it's on. Cool when you have hella weed smoke and you bought a new home. When you keep the folks, I don't see how this side of you can be the vote. It was all good just a week ago. So picking up where he left off, like he said, he called collect, I heard his name, I quickly accepted, but when I reached the phone, he's talking reckless and I could sense deceit in his tone. So he goes on to say, I said, damn dog, what, nine weeks in your home? He said, main man, you think shit sweet cause you're home? So we can, we can get what Jay-Z is insinuating here when he says, damn dog, what, nine weeks in your home? So it's like, are you snitching? Like what's, what's going on here? And then his man says, you think shit's sweet because you're home. Which is obviously not the fucking reply that you want to hear, right? Your man calls you from jail. What, you think shit's sweet because you're home? Fuck out of here, bro. I didn't do nothing. You know what I'm saying? So then Jay says, I just sat. Spat no more speech on the phone. Them crackers up there bleaching your dome. You're reaching. So a couple of things here from Jay-Z. Obviously, he's still keeping the topic. All these bars lead into each other well. They make perfect sense. He's telling a story, painting a picture. He says, I just sat, A. Spat, A. 
No more speech in B, the phone C. Them crack A is up there bleaching B, your dome C, your reaching B. So we have an A, A, B, C, A, B, C, B rhyme pattern there. That is fucking mind boggling. We've definitely not have anybody utilize that rhyme pattern up to this point in the study. That is some crazy shit. And on top of that, like I said, the lines are not suffering. He's still keeping the topic, still telling a story, bars still lead into each other well. This all makes perfect sense. But he's still able to get all these rhyme schemes and syllables and all this other shit in there. And I, I didn't even talk about that yet. So let's discuss the amount of syllables rhymed on there. We have sat, spat, speech in the phone, crack, bleaching your dome, reaching. So on top of the crazy rhyme pattern that he has and on top of him telling this story and making perfect sense... He rhymes another 12 syllables on those two bars there. So, more impressive stuff from Jay-Z for sure. Then he goes on to say, I said the world don't stop, I got to keep, keep on. From there, since the beef was on. So again, nothing too special on the technicalities there, but still just painting a clear picture here, telling a story. And then he says, I ran to the spy store to add some more features on the phone. To see if I had bugs and leeches on my phone. So basically he's just saying that after this conversation. This is a dude that I would have never thought would have done this. I wasn't expecting this. So being that I was obviously wrong about that. Because he's doing it. Maybe I was wrong and, and, and too laxed about some other things. So you know now I'm thinking shit. Did, did they tap my fucking phone? Do I got bugs on my phone? Are they trying to catch me now? And You know, saying some shit on the phone to my man? And, and you know, they're going to come arrest me now? Is he trying to set me up? Whatever. So maybe it's paranoia. Maybe it's legitimate. But just trying to, you know, speak on what he's talking about there when he says, you know, the spy store to add some more features on my phone to see if I had bugs and leeches on my phone. Trying to see if his phone is tapped. Just kind of wording it in a bit more of an artistic way. Then he says... Can't be too safe because niggas is two-faced and they show the other side when they catch a new case. It's on. So, first and foremost, let me address that Jay-Z obviously keeps that topic for the entire verse. He keeps that story going. All those bars led into each other well. He keeps the topic perfectly. And he did do some impressive things on that first verse. So, really impressive stuff there from Jay-Z across the board. And then we have the hook, which is too short. He says, it was cool when you had hella weed to smoke and you bought a new home where you could keep the folks. I don't see how this side of you could be provoked. It was all good just a week ago. So nothing on that hook there that's going to raise the song score technically, but there are three syllables on all of those rhymes. So no simplistic stuff there, still above average stuff and still talking perfectly about this story and the topic at hand. So... Let's let the rest of the hook ride at, and then we'll get into the second verse by Jay-Z here and see what goes on. Funny what? Seven days can change. A stand-up nigga, now you sit down to aim. Used to have a firm grip, now you dropping names. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. It was all good just to wiggle you know. Like I put the toast to your head and made you sell We both came in this game blind as hell I did a little better, had more clientele Told you put away some cheddar, now you crying for bail Seventeen and I'm holding on to round the mill I could bail out, blow trial and come around on a pill Had niggas thinking I was from uptown for real I had so much hustle, plus I was down to ill So, the second half of the hook he says Funny what seven days can change. A stand-up nigga. Now you sit down to aim. So, I don't know if that's really a dope enough line to really raise anything. That's a debatable one. And this is why when I talk about classic albums and it came down to, you know, one or two lines on one song or something like that, I'll say, yeah, you know what? Borderline classic. You want to call that one a classic? I'll give it to you. Because there are things like this where it's like, eh, it's a cool line. I could give him credit for it, but it's not anything amazing where I'm like, yes, this has to raise the song score. But I will talk about something going forward when I address these next two lines. Then he says, used to have a firm grip, now you dropping names. It was all good just a week ago. So we have a pattern here where we have three lines that rhyme in the first three bars of the hook by two short. Then he says it was all good just a week ago. Then we have three different lines by Jay-Z that rhyme with each other, and then they end that off the fourth bar with It Was All Good Just a Week Ago. So we have the two lines that repeat themselves, which is fine. I've spoke about this before. You you have free reign to do whatever you want with choruses because you know you don't have to murder a chorus. You might just be saying one line over and over again, and you're not going to lose points for that. Where you lose points is when all of your fucking choruses are one line over and over again, or they're all, you know, one one word over and over again, or you show an inability to do different things and it's consistent. That's where people start losing little points for hooks, not major points, but quarter points and shit like that. Not the case with Jay-Z. Jay-Z didn't really struggle with hooks or anything like that. So we're definitely not gonna, gonna do anything like that for the hook here. But talking about that line, so he says, you know, you were stand up, now you sit down to aim, and then he says, you used to have a firm grip, now you dropping names. So, I do think that at least, we have to give him at least credit for one of those right there. Um, because they are two pretty dope little lines. They're subtle, you might not have caught them right away, but they're subtle little dope little lines. So I think that he deserves credit for at least one of them there. Then in the verse, he goes on to say, like I put the toast to your head and made you sell. We both came in this game blind as hell. So he's kind of just saying like, bro, what the fuck? This is not something that, like, this is not my idea. That I stuck a gun to your head and said, yo, you gonna sell this fucking crack with me, bro. This was something we did together, bro. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing. We were struggling. We needed money. We were poor. So we made this choice together to blindly go into this shit. And this is the results we got, bro. Why are you throwing this on me now, right? He says, I did a little better, had more clientele. Told you put away some cheddar. Now you crying for bail. So a couple of things here. So he addresses, again, kind of a sneaky little shot where, you know, in the first one it was, we weren't quite partners. I hit him off my pee, right? Now he says kind of a similar line. I did a little better, had more clientele. So I think... That the reasoning for Jay-Z throwing these lines in here is I think that Jay-Z is trying to portray that maybe he thinks the other dude is a bit jealous of him. And that is partially what could be causing this dude to act the way that he is acting. 
Now, speaking on the technicalities of the line here, first of all, I did a little bet. I had more clientele. Told you put away some cheddar. Now you're crying for Bell. That's a good line in itself because he's kind of saying like, bro, what the fuck? I told you to put money away and you didn't listen. And now all of a sudden you want my money for bail. What happened, bro? I told you to put money away, right? So a good line there, but also the technicalities. He has a nice ABAB rhyme pattern there where he says, I did a little better, A, had more clientele, B, told you put away some cheddar, A, now you're crying for bail, B. So another cool rhyme scheme there by Jay-Z. Nothing super impressive or insanely ridiculously unique like that other rhyme pattern that he had there before, but still good stuff enough to raise the song score a little bit. Then he says, 17 and I'm holding on to a round of mil. I could bail out, blow trial, and come around on appeal. So he's just trying to make a point there to the dude, you know, basically the same things that he said before. You know, I told you put away some cheddar, now you're crying for bail. He's basically saying, I'm only 17 years old, bro, and I got almost a million dollars. I have so much fucking money saved that I could bail out, blow trial, and come around on appeal and still be good. You don't even have enough money to just bail yourself out after I warned you and told you multiple times to put money away. So again, I think Jay-Z is trying to paint a, a little bit of a picture here of a jealous person. And I think also trying to paint a little bit of a picture here of why Jay-Z probably feels that he has the right to be mad at this dude. I didn't force you to sell this shit, right? I told you to put away money. Now you want to ask for my money. So I think Jay-Z is trying to point out, don't try to make me out to be the fucking bad guy here because I gave you all the right advice and you didn't listen. Now I'm the bad guy because I don't want to bail you out for your mistakes that I told you not to make and I told you how to prevent. So I can at least see where Jay-Z is coming from here. Then he says, had niggas thinking I was from uptown for real. I had so much hustle, plus I was down to ill. So this is another example here of some of the stuff that we saw earlier in the song where there's nothing, you know, to raise the song score here. These are kind of like filler lines and there's nothing special here. But again, instead of just rhyming the one word and the one syllable, he has uptown for real down to ill. So another six syllables rhymed. So again, like I said, it's not anything that's going to raise the song score, but we can see that even in Jay-Z's quote unquote subpar bars, they're still always above average. So it's mostly above average shit on almost every line from Jay-Z, aside from the random occurrence where he doesn't rhyme or takes a shortcut, which I did address in his breakdown. So let's see how Jay-Z finishes off this second verse here. That second verse was still on, on point with the topic, still painting a picture here, still telling a story. So let's see if that continues. Like a Brooklyn nigga, straight out of Brownsville. Down and dirty, down to fight the round 30. Freezing on them corners, still holding my crack. Looking up and down the block, the fuck is the dough at? Came from flat broke to letting the dough stack. You tell them feds, I said I'm never going back. I'm from Marcy, Marcy don't raise no rap. You know the consequences of your acts, you can't be sick. It's cool when you had hella weed to smoke. And you bought a new home where you keep the folks. I don't see how this side of you could be provoked. Yeah, it was all good just a week ago. So, speaking on what he was saying before, I hadn't thinking I was from a town for real. I had so much hustle, plus I was down to ill. 
He goes on to say, like a Brooklyn nigga straight out of Brownsville, down and dirty, down to fight to round 30. So ironically enough, we just spoke about how almost all of Jay-Z's bars are above average, barring the little shortcuts that he takes, and here's a perfect example of it. So I tried to make up some random shit on my own before to give you guys an example of what a shortcut was, but Jay-Z just took one right here, so let's address it. He says, like a Brooklyn nigga straight out of Brownsville, right? And then the next line should rhyme with Brownsville, but it doesn't. He says, down and dirty, down to fight the round 30. So instead of rhyming with Brownsville, which he had a whole bunch of shit earlier before that, around a mill, around on a pill, uptown for real, down to ill, Brownsville, he takes a shortcut and just rhymes 30 with dirty which is just a word from that same bar. So he just rhymes two words in that second bar there, and he doesn't rhyme anything with the first bar. So a little bit of a shortcut there by Jay-Z, which is going to even him back out because of the line that he got credit for in the uh, in the chorus. So this is still sitting at a good song right now as long as he's able to keep this topic. Then he says, Freezing on them corners, still holding my crack. Looking up and down the block, where the fuck is the dough at? So again, you know, nothing special here, but Jay-Z just being artistic and painting a vivid picture. You know, I'm, I'm out there, it's fucking freezing, bro, and I'm still standing out here holding this shit, and I'm not even fucking selling nothing. Uh, you know, I'm not even fucking making no money, I'm still standing out here holding this shit. Like, yo, where the fuck is the dough at? Came from flat broke to letting the dough stack. You tell them feds I said I'm never going back. Okay, so addressing his boy that he's... Speaking to again here, so he's basically saying, bro, listen, I was out there in the freezing fucking weather making nothing. I came from flat broke to being rich. You tell them feds I said I'm never going back at any cost, no matter what. I don't give a fuck. I'll, I'll fucking die before I go back to that jail, right? Now, speaking on the technicalities of the lines, he says, came from flat broke to letting the dough stack, A. You tell them feds, B. I said, B, I'm never going back, A. So, we have an A, B, B, A rhyme pattern there from Jay-Z, and nothing too complicated or impressive with the syllables, but, you know, a powerful line there, making a point, still sticking with the topic at hand, still telling the story, painting a clear picture. And he says, I'm from Marcy, and Marcy don't raise no rats. You know the consequences of your acts. You can't be serious. So, the you can't be serious thing is kind of just thrown in as a hype at the end. Um, the two bars, I'm from Marcy, and Marcy don't raise no rats. You know the consequences of your acts. Just saying, like, bro, going back to the beginning of, of, the, of, the, of the verse, right? When I spoke about, I didn't, I didn't put a gun to your head and make you sell this shit. We both came in this game blind as hell because... We were poor, we were broke, we were starving, we needed money, we really didn't know what the fuck to do or what we were doing, but we knew we could probably make a lot of money doing this, so we jumped in and tried doing it, and you jumped in and tried doing it willingly with me. Now, when we decided to do that shit, you knew damn well this was illegal. You knew you could get arrested. You knew we could get in a lot of trouble. So, how come now, all of a sudden, because that shit happened... And you ignored all of my warnings and advice that I gave you. All of a sudden now, the consequences of your actions are going to come back on me? This is my fault now? I'm responsible for this? You can't be serious. 
So then that goes into the hook again. We'll let the second half of the hook rock out, and then we'll get into the third and final verse from Jay-Z and see how this song ends off. Funny what? Seven days can change. A stand-up nigga, now you sit down and aim. Used to have a firm grip, now you drop a name. Okay, so a bunch of stuff here from Jay-Z on this third verse. So first of all, he's still keeping the story going, still keeping the topic, still painting the picture. So now he goes on to say, the lawyer I retained, you said you leaking some things. Now, a couple of things to pay attention to here. So Jay-Z says that he retained this dude a lawyer. So we find out now that Jay-Z is responsible for getting a lawyer for this dude. And this dude is still shitting on Jay-Z because Jay-Z hasn't paid his bail money and got him out and essentially just taken the rap and got him out of trouble. So the dude is, you know, pissed off or salty or sour or jealous or whatever word you want to use. But speaking on the technicalities of the lines, Jay-Z says, the lawyer I retained you said you leaking some things all this after a week in the bing. So leaking some things, week in the bing. We have eight syllables rhymed on the two bars there. So... This is getting to a point now where this is starting to be an above a good song. Not quite yet at a great, but we're getting above a good one now. And then he goes on to say, I'm mad at myself because I didn't spot the weakened link. I would have bet the house you wouldn't speak a thing. So now we hear Jay-Z kind of taking a little bit of responsibility, but not really in the way that the dude wants him to take it, right? Like, this isn't my fault that you got caught. None of this is my fault. Because, you know, you didn't run fast enough or you didn't take my advice or whatever, whatever. But what is my fault is the fact that I ever trusted you. The fact that I worked with you and I gave you this advice and I actually expected you to not snitch on me should something happen. That is my fault. I fucked up there. I should have been a better judge of character. And I should have not even gone down this road with you at the end of the day. But... You know, I didn't know that until now, and now that's obviously coming to light. But he says, you know, I'm mad at myself because I didn't spot the weakened link. I would have bet the house you wouldn't speak a thing. So just talking about how, you know, I, I was wrong. I really thought that you would never do this. And instead, again, instead of just being super simplistic with some filler bars here that don't really raise the song score, he still has weakened link, speak a thing. So again, another six syllables rhymed which is above average stuff on some things where Jay-Z doesn't appear to be trying to get extra points here or do anything too, too ridiculous. He just appears to trying to be keeping the topic and continuing on with the story. Then he says, Nigga, this was the oath. To the top or broke. Even pricked our finger. Anything that got between us. So again, a classic example here of where Jay-Z just has one of these lines where it, it kind of just doesn't rhyme. So we have the first bar. This was the oath to the top or broke. And then the next bar should rhyme with oath and broke. And he says, even pricked a finger, anything that got between us. Now, he says pricked a finger and got between us in a manner where they kind of rhyme. They, they flow in a nice way. So I get what he's trying to do. But, hey, let's just play devil's advocate here and give Jay-Z credit and say, oh, pricked a finger, got between us. 
He says it in a way that he manages to make it rhyme. Okay, cool, but it's still another shortcut again. So, classic Jay-Z here on this song for a lot of reasons. We really have mostly good stuff. He's been very consistent. He's been able to raise this song score up. He's keeping the topic. He's telling a story. All things that we addressed when I spoke about Jay-Z lyrically. But he's also doing the other things that I addressed. And I spoke to you about why he was an 8 and not really a 9 lyrically. Because he did take a lot of shortcuts and he did do shit like this. Not often to the point where it was anywhere near the amount of dope lines or syllables rhymed or rhyme schemes used or anything. But it was probably almost every song that Jay-Z took at least one shortcut. So... I'm glad that we are getting to see a little bit of everything that Jay-Z did bring to the table here. And, you know, not just the good things, which wouldn't have been bad, but you don't want to see just the bad things. So we are getting a bit of both and definitely way more good than bad. I just want to be clear about that. But I'm just happy that we're getting a bit of everything that Jay-Z does here. So then he goes on to say, we supposed to cock the Ninas. What happened to that? Instead, you copped out to a misdemeanor. So cock the Ninas goes back to Got Between Us from the bar before, and that's another eight syllables rhyme. So he makes right up for that little shortcut that he took or that not rhyme that he did right away on the very next bar. And he says, what happened to that? Instead, you copped out to a misdemeanor. So again, still keeping the topic, still telling the story here, still painting the picture. He's basically just saying to the dude, bro, we even... We took an oath. We said to the top or broke. It doesn't matter. We even pricked our fingers, right? Anything that got between us, we're supposed to cock the ninas. Like, what the fuck is going on? What happened to that? This is not a scenario where somebody got you and now you're supposed to turncoat and take their side and flip shit on me and attack me and throw me under the jail now to get yourself out of it. We're supposed to fucking support each other. You get arrested, you get shot, you get beat up, you get robbed, yada, yada. We're supposed to handle that shit together. So what the fuck are you doing? What happened to that? Why are you turning against me, bro? Instead, you copped out to a misdemeanor. Which, that's pretty bad in itself, right? I mean, I don't know exactly what's going on in this song story because he hasn't been particularly specific with certain things. But I mean, we're talking about a misdemeanor here, not even a felony. So you're not really looking at somebody that's about to do like life in jail or something like that. And they still appear to be ratting. So that's that's pretty bad. So let's let the rest of this verse rock out and see how this song ends here. Fuck it. The same thing make you laugh, make you cry. That's right. The same game that make you mad but make you die. It's a dice game. Sometimes you crap. Who would have thought you'd get popped one time and rat? No, that's bad when your sister is mad When your son gotta grow up like This is my dad The label end up a snitch is a lifetime star You always be in jail, nigga, just minus the ball And you're cool when you had hella weed to smoke And you bought a new home where you can keep your folks I don't see how this side of you could beat the boat It was all good just a week ago Funny what? Seven days can change A stand-up nigga, now you sit down to aim Used to have a firm grip, now you dropping names it was all good just a week ago. Shit is crazy, man. All these niggas out here snitching. We was one step away from taking this crack money and recycling it through the ghettos and building back up our own hoods. And all you niggas start snitching on each other. I got partners doing 15, 20. Wouldn't have been doing shit if you didn't snitch. 
rat bastard. Okay, so like I said earlier, that was Jay-Z a week ago featuring Too Short on his third studio album, Volume 2, In My Lifetime from 1998. So let me address something really quick before we even break down the rest of the bars from Jay-Z. Jay-Z did an absolutely, amazingly, incredibly flawless job of smoothly telling this story, vividly painting this picture, never deviated from anything on this topic at all along the way. Bar A always led into bar B well. Everything made perfect sense. And throughout the course of him doing all that, he was still able to be technically dope on this song. So... I want to point out that right away the song is going to be a one and a half just based on the fact that this is an original song idea and he was able to keep the topic for the entire song. Now, this is a story, but it's not a story with a crazy twist or some sort of insane ending where I'm going to add more points onto the song score because of the ridiculously absurd story or ending. I think that it's a story song, but he's already getting credit for it being an original story song that he kept a topic of. The way that you get extra points for a story song is by there being some sort of crazy twist or something that you never saw coming in the story or some sort of ridiculous ending or something like that. And the reason for that being that because when you add points to a person's song like that, right? We're stepping away from everything else. We're stepping away from the lyrics, the technicalities, the this, the that, and we're just looking at one section of something from the outside looking in. So when you have something that no one else has done before and you're able to rap about that for the entire song, you have to be given credit for that. Now, if your raps on that song suck, you're going to keep losing points for how bad you are lyrically. So you may have a song that's about something, an original topic that you kept throughout the whole song, but you sucked so bad on it that you still got a weak song anyway. So the reason I'm saying that is to point out that by itself, you're not going to just get credit for something being a story. You will get credit for holding that topic the entire song. If you're telling a story... You obviously have to hold that topic for the entire song or else it wouldn't really be a story. It would be sporadic shit with random story pieces in it. That wouldn't really make any sense. So obviously, if you're able to tell a story for a whole song, yes, you're going to get that credit for keeping that topic for a whole song. But where you get extra credit for the story is when the story is dope because we have to look at something like that from its own point of view. Okay, it's a story, but so what? Well, it's a crazy fucking story that somebody wrote, and it has a crazy twist that you won't see coming, and a crazy ending. That's something that you get additional credit for, right? Because then again, you can go on to tell this crazy story in a terrible fashion, but the story itself and the ending were amazing. Your rhymes just sucked, and you weren't able to convey that story and that dope ending you weren't able to convert that into a song the proper way but it was still a dope story with a twist and a dope ending so i hope you guys understand what i mean there where i say that there was nothing out of the blue insane that happened here okay jay-z's telling a very straightforward story of him and his boy selling drugs his boy get caught and he tries to snitch on him 
and now they don't get along, yada, yada, whatever. But there's no ridiculous thing that comes out of nowhere that you're like, oh, shit. I didn't fucking see that happening or the ending coming in. You're like, oh, wow. Like, I'm listening to this whole song and I never thought that's the way this was going to end. This ends how it was supposed to end. There's nothing too crazy about it. But he does get credit for the original song topic and being able to keep the topic and tell that story throughout the whole song. So now let's get into the rest of the bars that Jay-Z had to close the song here. And we'll break down the technicalities of them. He says... Coming off of the bars, you know, instead you copped out to a misdemeanor. He says, fuck it. The same thing that make you laugh, make you cry. The same game that make you math can make you die. So we have a rhyme pattern there. Fuck it. The same thing that make you laugh, A, can make you cry, B. The same game that make you math, A, can make you die, B. So yes, only one syllable on the rhymes, but he does have an A, B, A, B rhyme pattern there again. So impressive stuff there. And I mean, this line is accurate. It is what it is. Like, the same things that make you laugh could make you cry, bro. Kids, perfect example, right? Um, the same game that could make you math could make you die. Drug game, perfect example. Plenty of people get very, very, very rich from selling drugs. Plenty of people also die from selling drugs. So, again, he's just alluding to the things that he was talking about earlier. I didn't put a gun to your head and make you sell. I told you to put away bail money. You didn't listen. You knew the consequences of your actions when you were getting into this game, right? Same thing that make you laugh can make you cry. Same thing that make you math can make you die. You know these things. This is what you signed up for when you decided to sell these drugs with me. So then he goes on to say, that's life. It's a dice game and sometimes you crap. Who would have thought you'd get popped one time and rat? So a pretty powerful line there from Jay-Z basically saying like, listen, you know, earlier he said, I'm from Mossy and Mossy don't raise no rat. But he's making it even worse. He, he had a line earlier where we talked about, instead you copped out to a misdemeanor. So not only are you ratting, but you're ratting over a misdemeanor, not even like a life jail sentence or a felony or something like that. And on top of that, who'd have thought you'd get popped one time and rat? This is not even like your, your third strike or something where you're going away for, you know, major time or something. This, bro, sh just shut the fuck up and, and do your time. Or just shut the fuck up and, and get out, right? Like, this is your first time being arrested and you're already ratting? I mean, come on, bro, seriously? Now, it's a deceiving line because he says, sometimes you crap one time and rat. So it kind of sounds like a lot of syllables rhyme, but it's not really because you have one and some. Time and times are the same word. You and N don't rhyme, and then you have rat and crap. So it's really only the four syllables, some, one, crap, rat, and the rest either doesn't rhyme or is the same word or whatever. So a little deceptive there where it seems like there's more syllables rhyme than there actually is, but still a good line there. And then he says, and you know that's bad when your sister is mad and your son's got to grow up like, this is my dad? This is a dope fucking line for more than one reason. So He's basically now, now you're talking about family, right? Now you're talking about my sister and my son and shit, right? So Jay's saying, your sister is mad, bro. Like, that's your sister, right? Like, I'm just a random dude and you're coming at me. So of course I could be mad, right? That's, that's to be expected. Of course I'm going to be mad. But what about your sister? That's your fucking sister that you grew up with, bro. That's your family member. That's your blood. She's even mad at you. You didn't do this to her. You didn't rat on her. 
she's even mad at you because your actions are so disgusting. And your son got to grow up like this is my dad? And you could take that in more ways than one, right? You could take that as him just being in jail and your son not knowing who he is. And he's, oh, there's your dad, son. Oh, this is my dad? Or you could take it as, this is my dad, this fucking clown, the dude that ratted on people. That's my dad. I'm, my dad is a fucking rat. My dad is a snitch. So the lines themselves are powerful. They're strong lines. And on top of that, sister is mad. This is my dad. It's another one of those things. You got is in there both times. So it's a little bit borderline whether we want to give the credit for the eight syllables rhyme there or not. But still a dope line regardless. And it's at the end of the day, it's not going to matter because this song score is going to wind up being great anyway. But then he goes on to say, the labeling of a snitch is a lifetime scar. You'll always be in jail, nigga, just minus the bars. So a dope line there to end the song, basically just saying, listen, bro, you're a snitch. That's it. Once you do this, once you rat on somebody, you can't ever get that off. That's a lifetime scar, bro. That's like walking around with a buck 50 on your face. Like you ain't hiding that. So whether you get out of jail or not, you're going to be a snitch for the rest of your life. No one's ever going to trust you. Nobody that knows what you did anyway. And quite frankly, some people might fucking kill you. People die from shit like that all the time. So, you know, powerful artistic way of saying it there. The labeling of a snitch is a lifetime scar. Then he goes on to say, you'll always be in jail, nigga, just minus the bars. Which is just adding on to that line right before it, right? Bro, you can get out of jail all you want, but it's you're always going to be in jail, bro. You might just not be behind bars. So that label of being a snitch is never going to go away. You're never going to be looked at the same. You're never going to be afforded the same opportunities again. People are not going to like you. It's just not something that, you know, I mean, think about it, right? When you go, and I hate to even bring this up, but when you go and you fucking rape a little kid or something like that, right? That goes on your record as a child molester. And then the whole neighborhood has to be notified that there's a child molester living in that neighborhood and yada yada. And that's something you could never really live down. It's disgusting. It's embarrassing. It's, you know, I'm sure people feel, I mean, maybe they don't, but I'm sure there's a tremendous amount of shame and guilt that comes with walking around with that title. And I'm sure it's something that people wish they could get rid of, but you can't. Same thing with a snitch. You did it, bro. You can't take it back now. You can get out of jail, but you can't take back the fact that you're a rat and a snitch. And that shit is not going to hold over well in the street. So, you know, you got out of jail, but good luck when you get out because you're always going to be in street jail. So, listen, man. You know, the fact that Jay-Z had an original song topic here that he kept the entire song flawlessly. Um, he did have a couple of hiccups there with some shortcuts or a line or two here and there that didn't rhyme. But I, I think almost every time... He made up for that literally right away on the very next bar. So, you know, Jay-Z didn't really lose anything there. And, you know, like I said, the fact that this was an original song idea that he kept the topic of the entire song coupled with all those lines that he had and stuff like that, this is right up there, man. This is probably a great song, maybe a 2.75. It would be very, very, very unlikely that a 2.75 would get rounded down to a 2. They would have have to have gotten kind of a lot of freebies leading up to that song at that point. So, listen, I feel very, very, very comfortable calling this song a great song. There was 
more ways than one that Jay-Z was able to climb to that score. And, you know, this is just the epitome of something like that. You have an original song topic. You got a guy telling a story here, painting a vivid picture, keeps the topic the entire time. A lot of really good technicalities, some crazy rhyme schemes, uh, a lot of syllables rhymed, some really dope bars there, some really powerful, strong shit that he says and stuff like that. So really good stuff there from Jay-Z. That's a great song. And like I said, that's one of my top 100 favorite hip-hop songs of all time right there. So I've always loved that song. I've loved that song since it came out in 1998. And, you know, obviously my love for the song had nothing to do with the scoring. You know, if Jay-Z would have had a bunch of lines like the ones where we took points away where he didn't rhyme or took a shortcut, you know, this song would have got a, a half or a zero or something like that. But... What happened, happened. It is what it is. We counted the syllables, the rhyme schemes. Jay was able to keep an original topic there and tell a story, paint a vivid picture for the entire song. So this is worthy of a great song here, no question for sure. Now, let's move on to Proof, who also had his debut album out in 1996. Birth name, Deshaun Dupree Holton, also known as Big Proof and Dirty Harry. Born October 2nd, 1973 in Detroit, Michigan, United States. Died April 11, 2006 in Detroit, Michigan, United States. His genres are listed as hip-hop, and his years active are listed as 1996 to 2006. So, obviously I want to say rest in peace to Proof Man, yet another artist whose life was taken away way too soon. So, for now, let's check out what's written up in Proof's background before we get into my breakdown on Proof. Deshaun Dupree Holton, October 2nd, 1973 to April 11th, 2006, known professionally as Proof, was an American rapper and actor from Detroit, Michigan. During his career, he was a member of the group Five Elements, Funky Cowboys, Promatic, Goon Squad, and D12. He was a close childhood friend of rapper Eminem, who also lived in Detroit, Michigan. Proof was often a hype man at Eminem's concerts. So... Aside from what I was saying about my boy always bigging up Proof to me, this background kind of reiterates what I spoke about Proof and how he was Eminem's childhood friend and hype man and was also in a group with him and stuff like that. So now let's get into what I wrote down on Proof when I was listening to him. It's almost weird that I wasn't listening to Proof more back in the day. He was one of my favorite rapper's best friends and one of my best friends was always telling me to listen to him. I was taken back by what I heard when I finally sat down and went through Proof's catalog. Although at times he was a bit inconsistent from verse to verse or bar to bar, I think that was mostly due to the complicated nature of his rhyme style and patterns. He did use shortcuts and run on bars at times and seemed to have trouble with his flow, but he also had a good amount of really dope lines. At times he didn't rhyme but was good at being able to hold the topic throughout a song. What really carried proof, though, was how incredible he was at being able to rhyme a lot of syllables per bar and using different rhyme patterns, which helped him to finish above average lyrically overall. In less than 10 years, Proof managed to qualify a solo EP and two albums, as well as an EP and two more albums with D12 for a total of six. Of those six, two were classics, one was a borderline classic, two were great, and one was average. Out of his 63 qualified songs between him and the group, 12 were great, another 35 were good, and none were weak. That means that just about 75% of Proof's songs were either good or better, which is a crazy impressive stat. 
having musically only influenced the likes of AC, Proof struggled in the impact category. He is often referred to as Eminem's hype man, and I promise you he was surely way more than that. Despite being one of the biggest rappers of all time's best friend, Proof was never really able to gain any traction on his career as far as commercial success or mainstream appeal. That being said, he is the driving force behind Eminem's career, which does have to count for something. What Proof gave up in impact, he made up for in originality. From his rap style and image to his song topics, message, and content, Proof was certainly a super original artist. So surprisingly impressive stuff there from Proof, man. Let's get into the math here and see how it added up for him. Lyrics, he gets a six, and I was I was really surprised by this, man. I did not expect Proof to get this score lyrically. I, I really, you know, there was a bunch of different things, and like I said, he was a little bit inconsistent, but I think that Proof gave such a remarkable effort with the syllables and the rhyme patterns that it kind of led to a bit of his inconsistencies because it seemed like he was just trying so hard to be so ridiculous that sometimes he fell short and it was like, ah, maybe you shouldn't have tried to do that. Maybe you should have just simplified it a bit and it, it would have been, you know, a little bit more sound. But, you know, like I said, some shortcuts, some run-on bars, and, and he did struggle with his flow a little bit at times, but... A lot of really dope lines, and the most impressive thing with Proof, man, was really the amount of syllables that this guy was able to rhyme in each bar. Super, super, super impressive stuff when it came to that. So an above-average score there lyrically for Proof. Albums, he gets a 6.00 with two classics, like we spoke about. I mean, solid with the albums there. That's really a very, very impressive score. I mean, only six albums, two classics, and a borderline classic. I mean, almost 50% of Proof's albums were classics. So... That's obviously super impressive stuff there. Songs, he gets a plus 1.9. Listen, we spoke about it a hundred times. If you're plus or minus a whole point here, very impressive stuff. Almost plus a full two points there for Proof. Really amazing stuff when it came to the songs category here for Proof. 63 songs, none of them weak songs. 12 great songs, which obviously gives him a solid plus in that category. But again, I want to speak about this really quick. 75% of Proof's music was good or better. That's really a crazy fucking stat. Now, we do see that the majority of that 75% is good songs, as opposed to being great songs, 12 great ones with 35 good ones. So that's why that particular stat might not raise the song score as high as you might think. But... Still a really solid song score there for Proof and super, super impressive stuff with 75% of your songs being good or better. I mean, that's just ridiculous, really. Um, Impact Proof gets a four and a half and that comes from a bunch of different things. I mean, you're one of the most famous rappers of all time's best friend and hype man. Now, even though you're considered his hype man, you still did have six albums. So we have to keep in mind here that when somebody is that close to somebody that big who, you know, keeps vouching for them and, and co-signing for them and stuff like that and, you know, putting their neck out and trying their best to get their best friend this huge success or, or you know, somewhere near the amount of success that they got. And listen, this is not to say that because Proof didn't have the success that Eminem had, that that means that he didn't have success. That's not what I'm trying to say at all because Proof did have some successes, 
But what I'm trying to say is that when you have somebody like that backing you and pushing you and you don't have a tremendous amount of success, it does say something and it doesn't really say something positive. Also, the fact that you had six albums of your own out or, you know, three solo and three group and people still just refer to you as Eminem's hype man is a little bit disrespectful. I don't think that Proof deserves that title of being called Eminem's hype man, even though he was Eminem's hype man. He was way more than Eminem's hype man. So I don't really think that that's a title that Proof really deserves. But just, you know, all these things you have to keep in, in mind. You know, no real list of artists influence, just AC who, you know, AC didn't have a tremendous amount of impact on the hip-hop game in general. So not a lot of names and no big names. You know, no major record sales, solo or anything like that. Um, you know, just a lot of things like that that contribute to Proof getting a just below average score and impact there. I don't want to, you know, make it sound like Proof did nothing because he was in D12. He was Eminem's hype man. He did have a lot to do with Eminem, you know, getting signed and being famous in the first place. So that all does contribute to his impact on hip-hop overall. But as a rapper, not really a very big impact. So he gets a just below average score of four and a half there in impact. Originality, he gets a nine. And, you know, I, I spoke about that. There was just a lot that had to do with Proof getting this nine. Proof was very much himself. He did not follow anybody's sound. He did not follow anybody's message. He did not follow anyone's content. He did not follow anyone's image or anything like that. Proof was always himself. Um, you know, image wasn't ridiculously standout, but was certainly his. Um, and on top of that, you know, Proof had a lot of very original and unique song topics. Um, his message in general was pretty original. His content was original. Like I spoke about his style and his image earlier. So there really just wasn't much there to take away any points from Proof. It's just that he wasn't this overly ridiculous individual. So not a nine and a half or a 10 like ODB got or anything like that, but really, really solid stuff there. And obviously tremendous score of, of nine in the originality department there for proof. So that'll help out. So you add all those six numbers up because we do have the classic album. So you add those six numbers up and you divide by five and that gives you a final rating of 5.88 which puts Proof in 20th place of 184 artists done overall. Yay! So that is not the finish that I was expecting from Proof. And again, that's not because I thought Proof was horrible or anything, but this is a damn impressive finish from someone who was constantly in the public eye, but never really got the recognition he deserved, even though he was constantly praised by one of my close friends. And I did not expect that lyrical score from Proof either. I did not expect that album or song score and did not expect him to register two classic albums. So incredible stuff here from Proof dramatically exceeded mine and I'm guessing probably a lot of other people's expectations. And if I had to take a guess, Dirty himself, who always bigged up Proof to me, is probably even surprised by this good of a finish from Big Proof here again. So... I want to give Dirty T some credit here. Um, he was always telling me to listen to Proof, and I didn't ignore him. I listened to a couple of Proof songs, but, you know, admittedly, I just probably never really gave Proof the attention or the time of day that I should have, but 
My apologies to Proof and Dirty T. You were super on point. Proof is a super dope artist. I slept on him. I shouldn't have. He's gone now, unfortunately, but he did leave some music behind for us to listen to. So big shout out and rest in peace to Proof. One hell of an artist for sure. So now let's get into our list, starting with our top 10% overall list. And we definitely have some changes in this list today. So now, in our top spot, we have Jay-Z, who is in second place of 184 artists done overall. Behind him in fifth, we have Big L. Directly behind Big L is Nas, who's in sixth, and directly behind him in seventh is AZ. Directly behind AZ is Method Man, who's in eighth, and a couple of slots behind him in tenth is Black Thought of The Roots. Behind Black Thought, we have Tupac and Biggie in a three-way tie for 11th place. Behind them, tied for 15th, is Pharaoh Monch. Behind Pharaoh is KRS-One, who's in 18th. Directly behind him in 19th is Rock of Helta Skelta. And directly behind him is Proof, who's in 20th place. Couple of slots back from Proof in 22nd is Jizza. And directly behind Jizza is Sean Price, who's in 23rd. And in our last spot, directly behind Sean Price is Slick Rick, who's in 24th place of 184 artists done overall. So both artists here today able to crack our top 10%, and we have now just revealed the number two rapper of all time thus far in Jay-Z, so only one person left sitting in front of Jay currently, and Proof also slides his way into our top 20 overall so far, so... Amazing stuff by both of these artists here today. Really makes you wonder what Proof could have done had he been around longer, but obviously not the case, unfortunately. So with Jay-Z and Proof both cracking our top 10% here today, that obviously means that two more artists, Rakim and Redman, are now slid out of our top 10% overall. And major shout-outs to these two guys, man. They have been in this list for a very long time. Especially Rakim, who's been in there since the mid-80s. Incredible stuff here from these two guys. And we'll have to see if they can eventually find their way back in here or not going forward. But for now, we'll move on to our current top 10% lyrically so far. And again, we have a big addition here. In a four-way tie for our top spot, we have Pharaoh Monch, Black Thought of the Roots, Nas, and AZ, who all got lyrical scores of 8.5. Behind them, we now have a tie for fifth place between Method Man and Jay-Z, who got lyrical scores of 8. In a four-way tie behind them, we have Master Ace, Jizza, Common, and Big L, all with lyrical scores of 7.5. Behind them, we have a three-way tie for 11th place between KRS-One, Lord Finesse, and Sean Price, who all got lyrical scores of 7. And in a 12-way tie for 14th place, we have Will Smith, Rakim, Cool G Rap, Everlast, Tupac, Redman, Sticky Fingers of Onyx, Lazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony, Biggie, Tame One, Lil Wayne, and Rock of Helter Skelter. So Jay-Z able to slide into a tie for our fifth spot here with Method Man lyrically. And this list is starting to get pretty damn long as we have a 12-way tie for that last spot. But one or two more top additions is going to wind up cutting those people in a tie for that last spot out soon. So we'll have to see what happens with this list going forward, but it's getting hectic in there now. 
Now let's get into our decades list, starting with our 1980s decade. So your top five rappers to come out in the 80s are KRS-One, Slick Rick, Rakim, Rev Run of Run DMC, and LL Cool J. That list stays the same as usual. Now on to our top five artists to make their debut in the 90s so far. In our top spot, Jay-Z. Behind him, Big L, Nas, AZ, and Method Man. So after only three weeks of no artists being added to this top rappers of the 90s list, we now have Jay-Z coming in like a wrecking ball and taking over the top spot by a long shot. And I predict that over the next couple of weeks, we see more additions to this list. As like I've said before, 1996 is an incredible freshman class. So with Jay sliding into our top spot here, that unfortunately means that Black Thought of the Roots is now slid out of our top five rappers of the 90s so far. And again, that sounds pretty crazy to me. Black Thought probably going to wind up being inside of our top 15 overall when this is all said and done. And even he's not able to stick around in the top five rappers of the 90s so far. And we're still just past the halfway point of the 90s. So this list is obviously insane. Now, let's get into our new list that we started this session of our top three artists from each region of the country. We'll start with our East Coast here, and your top artist to come out of the East Coast thus far is Jay-Z from Brooklyn, New York. Behind him, we have Big L from Harlem, New York, and in our last spot, Nas from Queens, New York. Moving across to our West Coast, your top artist to come out of the West Coast so far is Tupac from Marin County, California. Behind him, we have Ice Cube of NWA from Los Angeles, California. And in our last spot, Everlast, also from Los Angeles, California. Moving down to the Dirty South, your top artist to come out of the South thus far is Lil Wayne from New Orleans, Louisiana. Behind him, we have Andre 3000 of Outkast from Atlanta, Georgia. And behind him, Big Boy, also of Outkast and also from Atlanta, Georgia. Moving over to our Midwest, your top artist to come out of the Midwest thus far is now Proof from Detroit, Michigan. Behind him, Common from Chicago, Illinois. And in our last spot, we now have Crazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony from Cleveland, Ohio. So two huge additions here again to this list with Jay-Z taking over the top spot in that East Coast, placing Brooklyn as the top city and sliding Harlem and Queens back one spot. This unfortunately pushes AZ out of our top three artists from the East Coast. So Brooklyn slid out of our third place spot and jumps into first. And we now have Brooklyn, Harlem, and Queens as our top three regions from the East Coast so far. Proof also able to take over his respective number one spot from his region in the Midwest. Sliding Common from Chicago and Crazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony from Cleveland back one spot. This unfortunately means that Lazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony and also from Cleveland, Ohio is slid out of our top three artists to come out of the Midwest so far. So still one Bone Thugs member representing Cleveland, Ohio in this list, but big proof of D12 from Motor City, Detroit taking over the top spot in the Midwest here today. Amazing stuff from both of these guys here today with Proof cracking more than one list and Jay-Z cracking every single list he was eligible for and topping all but one of those lists.
If you'd like to see any or all of the lists in full, you can give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash tale of the tapes podcast. You can also give the host website a visit at www.anchor.fm slash tale of the tapes. Both of those links spell completely normally. On the host website, you'll see a support button. Please hit that for your boy. I appreciate it. And that's it for today on Tale of the Tapes. And what a fucking episode it was. Next week, we will be covering Big Noid and Raskas. And this one won't be a bad episode either. So tune in next week. Tale of the Tapes. Peace. Tale of the Tapes. Might as well.